Academy episode 13. To see where our trend lines are and our expenses. Are we lining up to what our budget goals are? Are we going to hit our net profit goals? That information and working on that, forcing me to sit down and have to actually line item, go through my expenses, definitely is advantageous to keeping us in the right path, right? Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome, aftermarketers from North America and around the world to the matching audio podcast of the Town Hall Academy Forum on expense control, best practices, and money-saving ideas. Carm Capriato here, your host. As you know, we take a single topic each week with an industry panel, and we broadcast live Fridays at 12 noon Eastern on my webinar platform and on Facebook. You can learn all about connecting at remarkableresults.biz slash townhall. Hey, see the show notes for this Town Hall Academy at remarkableresults.biz slash A013, and there you'll find bios on my guests. Now, because not everyone has the time to sit in front of a video screen or to be on Facebook, this is the perfect medium to deliver these powerful lessons. Yes, a podcast. Every video academy session lives on my learning page, and now, as I've said, you have the additional resource of having the town hall as a podcast. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker Radio, TuneIn.com, Podbean, and Player.fm, among others. And if you have my iOS for Android app, you'll find the Academy episodes there also. The Academy Podcast, another powerful resource of educational content inside the Remarkable Results Radio brand. Use it to improve your knowledge base and success. Now, I guarantee powerful learning nuggets in each episode. I promise. See, it's your peers who put on this tutoring and share their ideas, best practices, and passion on what works for them and where they've had their own successes and challenges. Mostly, we're here to spread wisdom and experience for the entire automotive aftermarket. Now listen to expense control, best practices, and money-saving ideas with Marianne Croce from Croce Transmissions in Norwalk, Connecticut. Along with husband Tony, they've been in business for 17 years. Also listen to Dave Cusa from Auto Trend Diagnostics in Campbell, California. It's in the San Francisco Bay Area. Dave is the current president of ASCCA. And also Doug Callahan from Vic's Service Center in Wainwright, Alberta. This two-location service professional won the prestigious ACE Award from Auto Care in 2016. Now, here we go. So uh, let me introduce my panel. Great to have Marianne Croce of Croce Transmissions in Norwalk, Connecticut, and a former banker. That's the part I like about you a lot. Along with her husband, Tony, and I've met Tony. They're great people. They own a shop they purchased 17 years ago. They're four bay, four tech, and one service advisor shop. Is successful because as husband and wife, Marianne and Tony work at their roles. They have an abundant trust in each other, which is, that's how, that's how, how husband and wife stuff works. Marianne is also a member of the Woman in Auto Care, and her and I had a great episode together back in the day, episode 23. Now think about it. Today we released episode 212, 212, and you were in episode 23. Thank you so much for believing in me back then and coming on. 
And then Dave Kusa is with us. Now, there is a veteran of the podcast, and I'll explain that in a minute. Dave established Auto Trend Diagnostics in 1989, as, and he's in Campbell, California. It's in the San Francisco Bay Area. Dave is a AAA-approved auto repair facility that provides general maintenance and service for just about anything on the road. He's president, though. This is the big key of ASCCA. One heck of a great honor, and that's the huge California Shop Association that's out there. And uh, it's good to have the president. Always good to have the president on board. So thank you for being here. He works hard at customer relations, hometown value in a city of two and a half million people. Now listen to Dave with me one-on-one in episode 127. And he has given so much to the town hall. He ha- he was in town hall live concierge service and the car care clinic for women and now expense control. And I sure do appreciate all the input that you've provided us, Dave. Thanks. And a newcomer to Town Hall Live, just like Marianne is, but yet not to the podcast, Doug Callahan from Vic Service Center in Wainwright, Alberta, Canada. He won the prestigious ACE, the Automotive Career and Education Award in the small category, Employees 50 and Under. The award recognizes automotive aftermarket industry companies truly dedicated to investing in the growth of their employees' knowledge and skills and offering professional development and career opportunities. He was honored, wow, at Auto Care Association's Fall Leadership Days in Washington, D.C., September 8th, back just a few months back in 2016. Doug was with me in episode 49 and told us the story, the monumental transformation his company went through from training, culture, leadership, new hiring, digital vehicle inspections, and adding a second location. Wow. He credits his evolution to having a business coach. And uh, a great episode. Thank you so much for that. Well, welcome, everyone. We're here to talk about expenses. So much attention on sales, productivity, efficiency, proficiency, new customer acquisition, customer service. But at the end of the day, there's a number at the bottom line. It's called net profit. And you know how it gets there? You see, you take the gross profit dollars, and then you pay expenses out of them. And so how well you manage uh, both the top line and that bottom line, and that middle part's the, the expenses. So does expense control matter? And here we're here to talk about it. And Doug, I really want to start with you. You told me, Doug, that you started, you know, you worked with your coach. By the way, let's tell everybody who it is. Bob Greenwood, yeah. A fantastic addition to my company for sure. You said that you worked on developing a a monthly spending game plan, and that's kind of like a budget, I would assume. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What we do at the end of every month, we enter in all of our expenses, all of our income with the help of Bob and some of the spreadsheets that he does. There's an analysis done and we are able then to see where our net profit is monthly. We're able then to see where our trend lines are and our expenses Are we lining up to what our budget goals are? Are we going to hit our net profit goals? That information and working on that, forcing me to sit down and have to actually line item, go through my expenses, definitely is advantageous to keeping us in the right path, right? How how are you impacted by going over those line items, those expense line items? Do you literally tell yourself, listen, I got to have a plan to cut that expense? Yeah, I mean, you see your advertising expense all of a sudden climb up. You see your utilities go up, your insurance, like things moving around. You're aware of it instantly, right? And then you can ask the right questions and come up with the right plan versus, you know, probably five years ago was a yearly snapshot, right? What's so interesting is that you're making decisions every day. 
yeah, let's do this, let's do that. And so, Marianne, what happens is you look at your P&L and you say, did I make the decision to do that? Why is, my, why is that expense so high? Yeah, I think it's very important, as Doug said, to manage your finances on a regular basis, not look at them just quarterly or, you know, yearly, as some people, you know, have done to really be on top of them and know where the money is going. I look at things weekly. I came up with theme days and we go in and I dedicate a day or part of a day to working on financials. And that way it doesn't get pushed to the back burner. And before you know it, it's a quarter or, you know, because when you wait, you're looking at what happened, but you're not really looking at what's going on right now. Theme days. I love the concept. And one of the theme days is financial. Yeah. First of all, are you having an accountant to prepare your statement or are you doing it? I'm handing things over to an accountant for tax purposes, but I'm basically doing um, everything during the year. You are. Do you you have a budget? Right. I have a budget know what our expenses are and we look at that on a regular basis to see how did this month go as compared to last um, kind of like reverse reverse engineering it how much work is your shop capable of and are you reaching those goals got it i understand now dave if you were looking over your financial statement and you saw something that wasn't in alignment would you go out and uh, really look for maybe a better deal? Uh, say credit card processing fees were just way out of whack? Yes. I mean, the, the simple answer is yes. And the, Doug has a, a good point working with a coach. I have a coach as well. And, and that's how we are look, always looking at our expenses and keep them in line. I have maybe a little different view than maybe not, but sometimes an expense is offset by a better value in a customer service, right? We don't necessarily always need the cheapest if if the cheapest doesn't come with the with the added value of, of service on the, when you need it um, you know credit cards are a great example when you need help with that uh, with that terminal or you need help with a, a process that's not going through you make a phone call do you get a person do you get a recording you have to go through the phone tree so is it worth a a tenth or two here to have a better uh, service experience there right in my mind yes not every time but 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 sometimes yes. I get it. So you're saying just maybe I can shave a uh, 25 basis points, a quarter of a percent on a fee, but I may not get the support that I need. Exactly. Yes. But with that being said, you always have to keep an eye on it. You always you always have to manage your expenses. I mean, is the theme here, guys, that you have to manage your expenses? You just can't let them be like a runaway train? Yeah. Yes. Business coaches, will they give you KPIs or what they would expect that expense line to be as a percent of sales? And, and, and are you trying to live within that? They better be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. Now, I love that, Dave. It better be. Is that your personal discipline or is that what your coach wants to see? Both. Very, very good answer. Hey, before the coach, Dave, were, were you as disciplined as you are today? No. <laughs> Another very honest answer. I love that. I just love that from you. Doug, how about you? No, no, not at all. I mean, the coach brings accountability, right? When, you know, we you move from the back shop running the business, you're kind of learning as you go and and it really pays to have somebody kind of hold your feet to the fire on some things. I mean, and it takes discipline just to get the stuff done. I've seen lots of guys add on the coach and just because they think they have the coach they feel like they're doing good stuff but they're not doing the work so yeah the coach keeps us accountable for sure yeah that's worthwhile is expense control a team event can the people who work for you 
help you with that? Well, yeah, like yesterday we had a, there's a new piece of equipment that was, you know, the guys wanted in the shop and uh, we had a demo in and I actually brought the team together and, and said, you know, I, I sent the sales guy out and I said, okay, well, let's sit down and have a chat. Are we going to utilize it? right from the service advisor down, can you sell this piece of equipment? Is this something that we're going to use? And then we're going to measure it out every month to make sure that what it costs, we're making money on it. The guys and everybody saw value. They saw they could save some time on doing a procedure. I have no problem making that expense because everybody's on board and the expectations should be met. So you're talking about a lease expense for a piece of equipment? Yeah, exactly. You know, but it's another expense added in, another piece that I don't have that I'm spending right right now. And, you know, the team's aware that if we're bringing stuff on, they're going to have to utilize it and gain efficiency. Okay, so we, we, we sit down with the team and we say, listen, this, this payment's $350 and we're going to have to generate revenue to cover that. But we really have to exceed the 350 We didn't buy the equipment to break even. Is that part of your talk? Absolutely. Yeah. They understand, you know, we talk numbers with them. They understand net. Net isn't a bad thing in our business. They understand that, you know, and the business to buy that equipment needs to be successful from a net profit standpoint. Yeah. Same with uh, you, Dave or Marianne? Yeah, definitely with us, uh, that same conversation uh, happens that Doug just described. And I think you know, the other place where in the shop where our technicians can really help with those expenses is, you know, in California, we can't do a shop supplies just a percentage, right? So if, if, if we grab a nut and bolt from the, from the box or, you know, a can of brake clean or the little roll lock disc, right? Those things tend to not make it onto the repair order. Now, of course, there's an expense for purchasing those components, but there ought to be a revenue uh, on the other end. So we, and that, it, I think that's a big challenge for me in expense control is, is keeping everybody on track to, you know, what did you use? What, you know, what little knickknack parts and pieces did you just grab off the shelf and put on this car that we need to make sure that we're, we're building out to the, to the customer and the client so that we're not having that leak, you know, that, that two or three dollars per repair order leak. That's a big point. Shop supplies cost you a lot of money every year, don't they? Marianne, same? There's another thing, yeah, that I would like to um, talk about. When we think about our expenses, right, we think about the ROI, the return on investment, which is, you know, we, we're all aware of that. But then there's another thing to consider, too, the ROE, the return on effort, which is time, because some of these things take time. And it's easy to see in the shop portion of it, a technician, let's say, we'll talk really basic here, basic example, you probably wouldn't want to take your highest paid tech and have that tech stop production and be going driving around for parts or shuttling customers. We can all, we can all see that and understand that. But as a owner, sometimes what we have to focus on making better use of our time, because when we sit down, we're figuring out, well, we're doing this, we're doing this, but are we making the most use of our time or could we get delegate or get someone else to do some of those tasks so that we're focusing on revenue generation, revenue generating activities, sales or, you know, th that are going to increase sales or going to move our business forward. So that's a huge thing as well. I agree. You bring up such a great point. Uh, we are paying for training. Training is an expense line in our business. And if the training doesn't have the impact that it should, 
uh, it's probably a bigger cost than it is a revenue generator, right? You know, it's the same concept. Uh, you know, I loved your point about the lease payment, and we've got to meet that or grow it. So, hey, we've just spent $5,000 this year on training. Uh, did we get our money's worth? Have we actually been able to become more productive and more efficient for that expense line that sits, you know, there below the gross margin line? I guess another great item to bring up in your daily meet or your daily scrum. And I learned that word scrum from Mr. Greenwood, by the way. Dave, when's an expense not an expense? Thank you for asking. I use Kukui for my marketing uh, acquisition retention. Uh, you know, there's a, a number of great companies out there that provide these these services for our shops, and y'all have that conversation with someone about what we're doing, right? What do you, hey Dave, what do you do? So we talk about it. Well, what's that cost, right? And you know, I tell them how much it costs a month. It's like, wow, that's expensive. I can't afford that. It's like, well, can you afford a 10, 15, 20 per, or 20 to one ROI? Because for every dollar I'm spending with these guys, they're bringing me 15 or $20 worth of business between acquisition and marketing, right? So, I mean, that retention. So clearly it's an expense, but as Marianne said, right, that ROI, that ROE, how much effort would I spend trying to do what Kukui does? I couldn't. And the payback, because we can track it and monitor it, is huge, right? It's, it's a great asset to our business. So, you know, the, the training expense that you mentioned, what's that payback? I mean, we have to track that and keep, keep control of what that brings to us. So yeah, it's an expense, but if it wasn't there, our net would be a lot less because we wouldn't have the, uh, the sales that we, that we achieve now because of, of those services that we pay for. Great point. How many times have I heard on this show, be it in a podcast or I think even on a town hall, where uh, the business coaches have, have heard from their clients it says you're the cheapest employee that i have right. <laughs> and so many people say i can't afford to hire a business coach and how many great stories have been on the podcast about hiring a service advisor you know as the evolution of you know the, the great thing is about the podcast is these great stories uh, get told about re- their remarkable results and they say, this is the best thing I ever did was hire the service uh, advisor. I paid for that person in three months, you know, because I took myself off the counter, brought in a higher degree of accountability and training that I was unwilling to adapt to or do. Are you all putting your, your costs in your expense line or are they up in, in a labor calculation? Your, your pay, is your payroll down below in the expense line? Technicians are in cost of goods. Mm-hmm. Um, as all our great coaches instruct us to do. And then, uh, you know, sales, service, salespeople, service advisor, management, that's in expenses. Can we control our payroll uh, team? I'm going to ask each of you to give me your take on that. Employee costs, expenses, yes, they can be controlled. Well, it's, it's that labor leak that we see a lot, right? Are we utilizing our eight hours we bought in the morning by five o'clock in the afternoon? And if we're not utilizing them, right, is our tech productivity a problem? Um, are we paying somebody that is 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 not productive for whatever reason? Right, solve that problem. Are, you know, are we do we have too many techs? Right, do we we have we have four or five techs when we would only need two or three because of of productivity issues in the shop, so on and so forth. So, you know, are you willing to send somebody home at two in the afternoon when when uh, there's nothing to do today? Uh, you know, th- those kind of things. So those can be big leaks or big costs on on expenses. And that would be an hourly person, right? So you have to think about office staff too, don't you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good stuff. Uh, Doug? Labor costs are big. They they got to show us that we are getting that eight hours a day. And, you know, right now I'm in a unique situation. I have quite a few apprentices and, 
and it's something we talk about a lot, you know, in our, in our scrum is, and, and it's gotta be, there's accountability through the whole shop on how we're going to manage that and, and get the, you know, and help support that stuff. And, you know, when you get to a point where you, you've done everything and, and you can't get that productivity, then maybe, you know, those are tough decisions that have to be made. And that's why we're the CEOs, right? We got to make those decisions sometimes and, and be aware that, you know, you, you've done what you can, but sometimes you got to cut, cut that person go or we definitely have the ability to control our labor. Yeah. We definitely can control the labor. I agree with uh, both Dave and Doug. The shop can be bloated in different areas, just just as Dave was saying. You could have too many technicians. You could have too much um, coming out for support staff if that's not you know planned correctly. We have one service writer who is is Tony, my husband, but we found that we needed another person to help out with the phones, scheduling appointments, pick up and delivery of vehicles, really giving the customers that great service. So he could really focus on service writing and sales. And then there's some also a little bit of uh, accounting and those types of things that we were able to add on. I started with a a part-time person in the summer and learned that I had more work than I realized that I could hand off to someone. So that turned into a part-time job for two years. And then from there, when uh, she got out of college and, and had left, I realized that I had a full-time position for someone. So yeah, I think that watching that and keeping track of it and not necessarily job sharing, but knowing what roles can overlap and where someone can pitch in and help out because each person has different strengths. I say, you know, use those strengths and uh, people are happy. That's just a big stress reliever to be able to dispatch that off to somebody else. And then now you can quiet your brain down and actually focus on the business. And that's what I've noticed. Like I've got more staff than I ever dreamed I would have. And what they're doing now, I can't like, they do so much better at that than what I was doing before. And, you know, it's, I hear Marianne, it must've been just a relief to get some of that help for sure. It was, (laughs) I was trying to do it all. (laughs) No, just crazy. Yeah. Boy, can I relate to all that stuff. Mm. Paying your bills, paying your parts bills, and, and you know, and getting, a, say, a, a cash discount, do you, do you calculate that as a smart expense control? Oh, yeah. Any, any types of rebates, uh, discounts, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they can be big. They can make a difference to your net very, very quickly. And that is, you know, having been in the distribution business, it was always something to be able to go to a service professional and show them what they were leaving on the table every year. If they would just learn to run a better business, that's probably all old, old, old news for you because, you know, a lot of times when you start up, you, you never put any cash in the bank to say, I need to start my business with some cash on hand so I could run it for six months. Nah, I won't do that. I'll just bootstrap it. Yeah, I'll, yeah, exactly right. That was the word I was going to use, Dave. Thank you very much. Bootstrap it. Marianne, you, you sent me a great idea about networking and, and how networking in your community can help you save money. What's your thoughts on that? Networking, I mean, even within our industry, uh, we were just talking about expenses of parts, right? Knowing your vendors, knowing your suppliers, having relationships with them, um, or, you know, do we just pay our bill every month? And that's basically it. So that builds relationships. And networking in the community also is a great way to build relationships with people that you could use their services support their businesses and they turn around and support yours so whether it's you know being involved with a chamber 
or, you know, different business groups locally. I found that I learned a lot from within the industry, but I also get some really great ideas from outside of the industry, just different businesses that I go to, um, that I'm a, a customer of. And one of the things that I've done over the last few years was it's kind of like when we think about our businesses and we think about quality customers that we want, quality suppliers, vendors, all of that, even team members, right? I feel very blessed, the people that I have on my team. But when we think about it, about the saving money part or expenses, what kind of customer are we when we go out? You know, So do we look for quality? And I think that's something to be aware of. So yeah, being a part of the community and supporting the community, I've made some great relationships, got to know a lot of local businesses, and it's it's really helped my business. I just wanted to, to compliment Mariana what she said about being, you know, being the customer that you want your customer to be, right? I mean, that is profound way of putting it. You know, we we look at uh, you know expenses are, are cost of parts as you know obviously a big expense, but uh, can't live without them, right? Because you can't fix cars without them. But you know, I have one main supplier that we go to as our first call, and you know, we have constantly people saying, "Hey, use us, use us, use us," and it's like you know, I know you got great parts, I know you have great service, I know you have. Uh, you know, competitive pricing. These are my guys, right there. We have that's our relationship, and I want to do business as a as a relationship based business with my clients and my suppliers and vendors and business partners. Because you know, when I have a problem, they take care of it. That's that goes back to that. Maybe you're paying a, a tick or two higher, but the service and the value of that service is you you can't ex- you know, you can't put that on a balance sheet or or a or a P and L. Yeah, community and networking is huge. You know, I'm involved with our local credit union and through minor hockey and a whole bunch of things. And people, I do believe, do business with us or with me because, you know, they know who I am. You're present in the community. They kind of know what you're about. So I think it brings them through the door. I think it's important. It's part of our culture, for sure. From a supplier standpoint, you know, I've got one call, the, my first call supplier, and he isn't just a supplier. He's part of my business. He knows that. Like, If he lets me down, he knows at the end of the day, the client's going to be let down. And that's, that's at the forefront of my business is that guy at the end of the line. So if we have an issue, he knows that he's got to take care of it. So, you know, I have other suppliers looking for my business. And the one supplier came to me and said, you know what, if... I'll tell you what, if it's the rebate you want, I'll just charge you more on your parts like they're charging you and I'll give it back to you at the end of the year. And I looked at him and I'm like, you don't even get what we're doing. Like, you're, you know, you're not part, you can't fit into my world. You don't understand what we're doing. So being involved in the community and, and uh, with having good relationships is big in our business. I now I have some itching questions because you've all brought up such great things. But let me, let me uh, put this community thing, uh, let me end it by saying, if I was involved in the chamber, like you said, Marianne, and uh, all the businesses in my community, and uh, I knew this roofer who was in the chamber. I, I, I know him pretty good. And all of a sudden I have a leak. And I call him up and says, hey, Bob, come on over. I have a leak. Of course, he's going to be paid his service fees to fix your roof. But you may never know. He'll, you may get a special you know, price or a discount because he likes you because you're in the chamber with that person, he or she. And that, to me... You know, in, in a very subliminal way, is 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 a way to to make sure that your network is big enough 
So when you need to go to someone reliable, you also can, you know, be, you know basically, if, if you go to someone that's not reliable and you, you know this better than anyone and they use uh, not quality parts or, you know, materials and you have to do it again in two or three years, those are costs charged to your business because you made a poor choice up front, which is why if the network was big and strong and you knew these people, you know, people buy from people they know and relationships are important. And it goes back to the customers that you're hunting for and then all the people that provide the services in the expense category for you, plumbers, electricians, and roofers. Thank you for bringing that up. I think that was really important. Now, here, here's my thought about the bottom line, you know, the, the, the expense line of the business. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out some categories. I want you to mull them around in your head. And then I would love each of you to reply to, can you control or save on rent, on any loan interest, we talked about credit card services a little earlier. Laundry, uniform, promotion. Any of those excite anything you'd like to talk about as far as controlling those items? Well, if you look at you know the lease, the loans, the, you know building lease or equipment lease, right? I mean, there is always, I suppose, some room for negotiation in those things because you know you're if you're leasing your building right it's, it's hard to go shop a new lease for a building because you probably don't want to move but at the same time there is some value to the landlord having a, a good rent paying tenant so perhaps there is some room in negotiation for that same thing with equipment leases right you, you can shop that lease a little bit and, and see if there's any uh, better rates uh, because in those things very little I was equated back to the service aspect, right? So if I've been buy a piece of equipment and I'm going to lease it from somebody, there's very little service on the lease end, right? I write the check, they're happy. I don't write the check, they get mad where there is no service there. So negotiating a lower rate in that, I think you have to. Things like, you know, the insurances, the credit cards, you got to balance that. Negotiable, sure, but you got to balance it with the service. Respectfully for the businesses that I'm dealing with, I guess I've always approached it as I don't expect people to, to, to push me for the lowest price. I just am very upfront. Give me a fair, honest price. Give me good service. I'm willing to pay a fair price for that. I'm not going to grind you on your price. You know, equipment... I'm not going to look for the cheapest piece of equipment, but give me a fair price on that good piece of equipment, right? And I'll do my due diligence in making sure that it is a fair price. But once that's done, the you know loan interest and that stuff, those businesses are in that business. And the only thing I can do is keep myself in a good rating, like that I will get a good rate because I am that kind of business. You know, I'm not a high risk business to deal with. So that that's kind of how I'd approach it. It's a high class and very sharp way to do it. You want to treat your business partners on the expense line the same as you want your customers to treat you. And and you know what kind of customers you're looking for. And you know what kind of suppliers on the expense line you want to do business with. Marianne. Yeah, I agree. It's it's mutual respect. Uh, one thing I would add is cash flow in a shop is really important. You could have a great business, but if you have too much on accounts receivable, that could really affect uh, your business. So maybe coming up with payment plans or for our customers, we came up with a third party that they could apply for credit. And then that takes it off of our books, which helped a lot. But cash flow too also gives you the power to when different opportunities come up, you're ready for it. So uh, as far as the rent and all of those types of things, I can kind of speak from both sides because Tony and I uh, rented for years and about 
two and a half, I believe, years ago, we purchased our building. And it's not just one business in the building. I have two tenants in the building as well. So now I became a landlord. Excellent. You know, and I love your point about cash flow. We should do a show about that. I know nobody will watch it. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? If the cash doesn't flow, the business doesn't go. So, you know, and and really that's, uh, it would be probably one of the most important episodes to listen to, but nobody wants to hear about cash flow. Accounting, P&Ls. How secure, right? If, If we're looking at that for just a moment with all of this topic that we're talking about, if you don't have the cash flow and the business is not really sustainable, how secure is it for your team, for your vendors, suppliers, all of that? So it really is... It's not just the owner. <laughs> the business beca- is, is sustainable only with cash flow. And your, your points are so, so well taken. And I joke about uh, the cash flow piece for this one particular reason. Marianne, I don't think you, you, you came up from a banker. But in the case of Doug and Dave, I'm assuming you guys were great techs. You, you learned to run a great business. Cash flow was like way out there. It was at the Z level in your, in your learning period. And, and you, know, you, you were taking kicking and screaming over the line to learn what that's all all about and, and how to manage that. And, you know, people say, if I don't have to, you know, I just keep ignoring it, keep ignoring it. But maybe we should do a show on that. I wanted to mention or talk about rent. And Marianne, you helped me understand you own yours. Dave, I think you rent. And Doug? Uh, I own my main location, rent the other location, yeah. And the reason that I, I asked, I mentioned rent just a few minutes ago. Do you remember the crash in 2008? Doug, do you guys go through a, a recession up there in Canada? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There was a change in spending. Yeah. So many of the really big box stores that you saw at the malls, they, they went to every one of their landlords and they said, hey, look, it, uh, our business is dead. We just can't keep paying these rents. And, and leases were renegotiated by the bushel full back during the recession. So all my point in bringing that up was to say, if there's ever a downturn again and you're renting, don't hesitate. Because what really happened after the big negotiations in 2008, 2007, 2008, 2009, the small business people said, well, if they could do it, we could do it. And there were so many small business people that just went to their landlords that were in the third year of a 10-year lease and said, you know what? I'm probably out of here in a couple of years because my business went, you know, I I lost whatever, 30%. uh, You got to help me. And so many leases were were renegotiated for that. So I just just wanted wanted to share that with you. Doug, let me ask you, is there any any great piece of wisdom or advice that you'd love to share? From Marianne's point, and I think it's it's important that, you know, you got to have your expenses in line, you got to have your sales tracked, but you talk about cash flow and what it does when you're in a positive cash flow situation and how you then manage the business versus when you're in a shortfall in your cash flow. Like as owners, our brains turn into a panic, emotional state and we start making dumb decisions. And probably one of the hardest things I've had to learn is to stay calm, evaluate, and then make good strategic decisions versus what we used to do was just freak out. And that's probably the one thing that, you know, as, as I'm growing in this process, that stay calm, evaluate, and, and be present in your business that way, for sure. And uh, yeah, cash flow and, and my mindset has been a big advantage over the last couple of years, yeah. Great words. Be present. Don't freak out. I love that. Dave? 
I have two things actually. So one, uh, we were we, we briefly touched on training as you know as an expense, but but how important it is. So in my area, and I don't, I'm not familiar with with uh, Doug and Marianne's area, but we have you know we have lots of opportunities, right? There's so many shops, so many opportunities for training here that people come to the area to put on training. A couple of years back, my friend Pete Rudloff in Delaware, not a very densely populated area, was was spending a bunch of money traveling to high level you know, very, uh, very high level technical training. So he and some of his cohorts in the area put together the Delaware training group, pooled their resources and brought trainers to them, got that high level training they needed and wanted to keep uh, their business growing from a technician standpoint, but saved a ton of money on those expenses. So we were able to reap the, the rewards on that ROI a lot quicker. That's a great point. Now, Pete's been on the show, so anyone just needs to go to the website, go to the search bar, and and just type in Pete Rudloff and and listen to you know Pete's episode. And the the second well, the, well, the second one, the power of the associations. Doug had mentioned it too, right? And you know, California ASCCA. You mentioned on president, you know, powerful association. Other states ASA affiliates are powerful. Look, you know, if you're not a member of your state association or you don't have a, you know, a, a can't organize one, but, but, you know, our, we have great partners with uh, DFG for credit cards, great partners in Armstrong and associates for insurance, right? So those, they negotiate that stuff for us and, and bring us the, the best prices we can get and still have an opportunity to support the association. So it takes a lot of that worry off of my plate on, on looking for the best prices in, in, in balancing that with the best services. And, uh, you know, I can't, Obviously, I'm president, right? Can't say enough about it. That that uh, your state association can be a great opportunity to help with expenses. I mean, what I save in my insurance and my credit card processing and uniforms and such pays for my my dues. So you know, mm-hmm. it, it's huge. We've got to do a show on associations, Dave. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you? Will you be on again? Absolutely. I'll be on every week if you want. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> I, I, I'll break the code. I'll, I'll share with our listener. Uh, when, when I have shows planned out for the next eight, nine weeks, and, and I reach out to my podcast alumni. I tell them what the show's names are, and if you have a passion to discuss it, Dave comes up almost every one because he, he, he is he is so passionate. And, I, and, and then I have a problem because I have 10 great alumni looking for three seats on the show, and then I have to pick. <laughs> And I believe I picked three great, great podcast alumni to be on for the uh, expense control show. Marianne, your last words. I agree with the uh, trade associations. Very important. I didn't come from an automotive background. Many of them are near and dear to me because I wanted to learn more about the industry. So when we bought our shop in 99, that was really important to me. And I made so many connections and just was like a sponge going and learning as much as I could. So I know that... The people that I met were great and really made a big impact on our success in running our business. What I wanted to add, though, was resources that are right there, kind of like under our nose in our shop. We pay for our management software that we write our invoices on. There's software that we use to you know, send out emails or get reviews. A lot of this stuff is updated. And what I tend to do is go back and revisit. And it's not always necessarily me. It may be somebody on the team. But what new features are on there? Is there anything on there where we're not utilizing because we're already paying for it? So we may have resources that are right in our shop under our nose and we're not aware of it. 
Boy, that's such a great point. Your new piece of software has an update. Would you like to load now? A new feature, right? And we don't even realize that. Actually, yes, you're right. You flip the button, it does the update, and you have no clue what it's there for and why you just updated. There are so many great enhancements and features that are sitting in the software that you use, and you probably are using just one little tip of that iceberg, aren't you? Yeah, like our our shop just had a update in our management system and i've never they actually offer webinars to go in and see what the features are i've never i've never sat down and done them and i did it just and now i won't miss it because i'm like holy smokes does this thing do a lot of stuff i didn't even know it did yeah for sure a couple of takeaways for me association memberships critical and important because it can help you with your expense control uh having a business coach is almost one of those let me see what do you have to do to run a good business today join an association have a business coach, create a great business culture, right? Be sure that you uh, allow a great budget for training because you need it in all areas, both business management, technician, and service writer, and, uh, and on and on. And what wonderful themes continue to come up for the, uh, the podcast and our listener. And so I want to thank Doug Callahan up in uh, Alberta, Canada for being with us. And way out to the West Coast, Dave Kusa with us. Thank you so much uh, for gracing us with your, your wisdom. And Marianne, uh, a newcomer to Town Hall Live, but not a newcomer to the podcast. Thank you all for being on. And my, uh, I have a quote for everyone. It's from Ben Franklin. And would you believe I found a quote on expense control from Ben Franklin? <laughs> and here it is. Beware of little expenses. A small leak will sink a great ship. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> thank you, Ben. And thank you all for being here. Bye, guys. Thanks, Carmen. Thanks, Carmen. Thank, thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Bye, guys. Take care. Have a great day. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. <laughs>